so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with him. So let's get into the word. This morning, I do want to take you on a journey um, in regards to the work of Destiny Rescue, but I also want to take you on a journey into the heart of God. Because I believe that God's heart is very passionately leaning and pursuing the nations and the pain and wanting to bring an answer to the nations and to the issues that the world is facing. All my life, I say that to you sincerely, um, I've always had a love for what God is doing beyond uh, the, the, the borders of the nations that we live in. And you probably have already picked up that I'm a New Zealander. Yeah, okay. Um, And actually, for all you rugby union fans, I was gutted for Australia on Thursday night that you lost that game. I was more... I I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I know I'm on... I'm I'm hoping none of my friends get to see this from New Zealand, but, um, you know, you guys should have won that game, right? What was that? What was that call? Anyway, that's a whole other story. But anyway, I'm a New Zealander, and as Dan said, I've been a pastor for some years, and my husband and I had the privilege of working in a very significant church in New Zealand, Life Church, with Paul and Marie de Jong, and we started that church, uh, working in that church where there's only like 150 people in the room, and then before we knew it, we were sitting at 12,000 people, you know? Like, I've seen God do a lot, but um, my heart has always been very much focused on the nations and focused on bringing God's gospel, his light and his hope to the nations of the world. So today, my main ambition is, yes, to talk to you about Destiny Rescue, but I want your heart to be freshly awakened to his heart for the nations of the world. Um, Mark, could I have that first slide, please? And one of the things that I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, God is um, desperately seeking to resolve is the situation that we have globally called child trafficking and exploitation. It is an incredibly dark thing. But I want you to see these words here. They're key for us as we journey together this morning. Together, we can end child sex trafficking. Together. Now, I do want to say there may be a few little topics in this conversation that you might, not, might find a bit difficult Please, if you feel like you need to leave the room, that is absolutely fine. I totally understand. And if at the end of tonight, today, you want to have a debrief, I'm very much available to talk to you. Together, not apart, not separate, not as individuals, but together, local churches, churches across the world, we can end child sex trafficking and exploitation. But to end something, as you know, like the Wallabies have been doing, they've been working hard, training, preparing, and doing jolly well. We have to understand what the problems are. Next slide, please, Mark. And before I proceed into my message, I want to illuminate this issue to you so that you can understand why we do what we do and why we're so passionate as Christians, as as a Christian faith-based organization, is this, as one million children are trafficked globally. One million And by 2032, Destiny Rescue desires to have rescued 100,000 children. But 1 million children today sit exploited and trafficked across the world. Now, sadly, friends, that statistic is on the conservative side. Sadly. 
99% of trafficked children are girls, are females. Sadly, and I want you to look at this next, next statistic, 73% of traffic victims are right on our doorstep. They're not on the other side of the world. 73% of children trafficked globally are in Asia, Southeast Asia, and the Pacific. So this is a, if you're thinking globally, this is quite a local problem. This is our neighbors. This is, our, this is in our neighborhood. And it is a very, very lucrative, lucrative business. It is making $99 billion per year. Now that is on the conservative side. You must understand that criminal activity is often underground and it goes, the dark, it goes into places that you and I will never, ever be a part of. And so it's very hard to get a real gauge on the hugeness of this issue. But God is one who loves to bring light into the darkness, right? And this is what this, this message is about, is about how God is not afraid of the darkness. And if the God I serve is not afraid of the darkness, neither should we be as Christians. We should be confidently moving into some of the darkest places on the planet to bring light, hope, healing, and restoration. And I know that God is clear that he has given us everything we need to be able to outwork his purposes in the darkest places on the planet. I know this because when I read Isaiah 61, the prophet Isaiah says these words, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Upon me, you, the person sitting next to you. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you because He has anointed you to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring restoration, to build, to bind up, to restore, to, to bring hope to nations, to rebuild cities, to rebuild boundaries. God has called us and given us everything we need to bring hope to this situation. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you. Next slide, please. Destiny Rescue exists to outwork Isaiah 61. We are a faith-based organization. We were founded by a Christian. His name is Tony Kerwin, and uh, he was in a situation in Thailand, and a child was being sold next to him. He was on a missions trip, and uh, he, a child was sold next to him. And he heard the whispers of God. And I believe today that some of you in this meeting are going to hear the whispers of God. And he heard this whisper and God said, Tony, I want you to do something about this. Now you've got to understand he was running a very successful business. He was living his best life in Australia. He's a Kiwi, living his best life in Australia. And uh, he just knew God spoke to him in that moment. And he went home, he sold up everything. He sold his business because he understood that Isaiah 61 could be real for him and his family. And he moved everything to, to Thailand and began Destiny Rescue. 21 years later, we're still here. Isn't that great? 21 years later, we're still doing more, we're doing more than what we've ever done. 21 years later, we're in countries that we never dreamed we would be in. Now we are now in Latin America. We are now in Africa. We are in nations that we never dreamed God would open up to us. But we understand the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us, you and me, destiny rescue to bring healing. Next slide. So, sorry, you're right there. No, stay on that other slide. Beg your pardon. Sorry. 
Destiny Rescue, we are Australian-based. We're internationally recognised as a not-for-profit and we're starting to lead the way in the rescuing of children around the world. We have had 21 years experience of intel, looking, searching, finding, how to locate these children, how to rescue them successfully and place them into our Pathway to Freedom program. We operate in Thailand, Cambodia, the Philippines, Nepal. In Nepal, we are literally seeing hundreds of children rescued a year. Hundreds. And if you come to uh, Tony and uh, Dan's cafe this afternoon, you'll be able to watch a documentary on the work that we're doing in Nepal. Um, I'm speaking there as well this afternoon. But we're working in Nepal, Uganda, the Dominican Republic, and two undisclosed nations. But of course, as I said, we're working in Latin America. Our funding comes from Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. We always, we are not a vigilante group. We are an organisation that works with local authorities that are fraudulent free, and we ensure that we are working with organisations that deserve to be worked alongside, if that makes sense, and we work with other counter-trafficking organisations. But we do this all because we know that Jesus was a man who loved children. If you look at some of the key attributes of the life of Christ, as a believer, there are key things. There are key things about who Jesus was that echo in our hearts, right? Who can remember the day? I do. I remember the day when my grandmother, as a Salvation Army minister, would sit and sing to me, Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, all of us, if you've grown up in the church, knew that Jesus loved children. And we believe that God has asked us to be a light and a hope in some of literally the darkest places on the planet. Our agents say that there is nothing closer to hell than a brothel full of children. And we believe that break God, breaks God's heart. But we believe that we are called to be light and hope. Our beautiful friend, that beautiful young girl, read to us out of John 4. And I'm going to jump into John 4 with you this morning. I want to talk to you about this incredible story of the woman at the well. This woman, this, this conversation that Jesus had, the Son of God, the conversation he had with this woman was literally the longest conversation in the Gospels recorded that Jesus had with any human. Now, I personally believe as a minister of the Gospel that I am called, as Paul the Apostle said, follow me as I follow Christ. And as Christians, we have to follow Christ and follow his example that he set for us. And I believe one of the key reasons why there was so much focus on John 4 is because Jesus was literally saying to us, hey, I really want you to pay attention to this conversation. I really want you to pay attention to the contents. I want you to pay attention to the location. I want you to pay attention to the conversation I had with this, this woman. And I want you to pay attention with what happened to this lady after she spent time with him. And in John 4, we see that this woman, she comes to a place called Jacob's Well. She comes to a place in the middle of the day. We know that she was alone and you know, we know that she was isolated. We know that she was probably not part of a strong community. How do we know that? We know that because she came halfway through the day. And if any of you have been to the Middle East, you will understand that at no time of the year do you ever move around in the middle of the day lifting water. Water was not, it wasn't just like a jug. She was getting water to supply her home. Now, I'm a Kiwi, as you know, okay? We've got that sorted, right? 
when I came to live in Australia, I could not believe the heat, right? So you guys are used to it. I was not used to it. Like, and I still am not quite used to it after being here for 10 years. I don't go out in midday in the middle of summer. Like I kind of hide. I kind of shut the blinds. I kind of head to the mall, whatever it is, sit in my air-conditioned room. I don't know. I just don't like the heat. The same thing was for this woman. She was out in the most uncomfortable time of the day, and she was there because she had no community. And she began this conversation with Jesus at a well. I want to speak to you about the power of building a well. The power of building a well. 2,000 years before this conversation happened, somebody who served God called Jacob decided to build a well. I want you to understand something. When in the Old Testament, when men and women of God had an encounter with God, they would build a well. Hagar, she had been abandoned. She had been rejected. She was left to die and sent out into the desert. But God appeared to her and her revelation was, here is the God who sees. And they built a well. The reason they built a well was because they wanted the generations to go to see the well. They wanted the generations to walk past the well. And they wanted the generations to hear about what happened at that well hundreds, thousands of years before they arrived at that well. Do you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say? There is so much power when Christians decide to do something that builds a well that supplies hope, supplies community, supplies literal, like, water or spiritual water or life or hope when we decide to build wells today we are building something that will outlive us and outlast us for the generations to come this conversation between this woman who had been with five men and the man she was with was not even her husband only happened because thousands of years before, somebody decided to build a well. And I don't know about you, but I shared with you how for all of my life, I have loved and been so committed to seeing God move across the nations. I mean, I did my nursing training. I, I, I just, I love short-term missions. I've always been committed. I've taken young people on that many you know, on short-term missions trips. I love it. I love it with all my heart because I understand the power of building something significant in places all across the world where the pain is great. And this conversation would never have happened if Jacob hadn't decided to build a well. Today, I'm coming to talk to you about what I believe God, God is calling his church to end trafficking. And I, I do want to burst a few bubbles around this, okay? Bubbles that I lived in, all right? I thought William Wilberforce had achieved it all. I thought that great man of God, because I've always admired him, had achieved it all. I thought trafficking was under control across the world. Friends, sadly, it is the fastest growing criminal activity globally. It has superseded the, the, the trading of arms. It has superseded drug, drug trafficking. 
We are trafficking more of each other now and on selling more of each other now than what we ever have in the history of humanity. I believe it's time for the church to start digging some wells across the planet. We, have ne- we are seeing, and I want to be honest with you because there's a balance when we speak publicly, and I know in this context, I want to be careful and cautious, but I also want to honour and give respect to the children that have been rescued and have gone on our Pathway to Freedom program. We are rescuing children now that have been unsold for less than a bottle of beer. And I don't know, but I think God's heart breaks. I don't think I know because Jesus was a man who loved children. And he said these key words in his ministry. He said, suffer not the little children to come to me and don't you forbid them for such is the kingdom of heaven. So how is Destiny Rescue building wells, you ask? Good question. I'm going to quickly run through the wells that we are building across the world. And we are building many wells right now. And we we can't keep up with the demand of the need. But we're doing what we can, where we can, and how we can. And this is how we build our wells. Next slide, please, Mark. We build our wells by running covert operations in some of the darkest places on the planet. You and I can't go there, but I'm actually going to Thailand in a couple of weeks to um, meet up with some of the team and be a part of some of the work that we do, which is going to be amazing. So we run covert operations. This is one of our wells. So we use surveillance equipment. We, We use transport. We use all these different strategies, and we have agents that go into places hunting for children, looking for children, looking for underage victims. We Next slide, please, Mark. Another well we dig is we we have raids. We raid institutions, we raid places, we raid buildings, we raid different situations that children are caught in and we bring children out of those situations. It's a well we're digging in all our project nations across the world. Destiny Rescue in the Philippines 18 months ago, just before COVID, We did all the intelligence work. We did all of the surveillance. We did all of the um, negotiations with the legal authorities and the different police on the ground, which would be the equivalent of the SAS here in Australia. We were working with them extensively for a very long period of time. And together recently, we were, or 18 months ago, we were able to outwork the largest trafficking rescue, anti-trafficking rescue in the history of the Philippines. I am so proud of that well. You know, those 73 humans that are now free or on a pathway to freedom program are so thankful that Destiny Rescue was prepared to believe that the spirit of the sovereign Lord was upon them. So glad that one day Tony Kerwin decided that it wasn't good enough and decided to come because we have decided to build a well in the Philippines and no matter what it takes, We're going to make sure that that well is strong and stable and doing all it can do to rescue children. Next uh, slide, please, Mark. We're building wells all along the Nepalese border. I love this project. It's it's really hard to find favourites in the work we do, but this one really, I love this one. Because, uh, you know, this border is one of the hottest spots across the planet for trafficking. 
It is not secure. It is not guarded. It is not protected. It's two and a half thousand or so kilometers of border. And it's not manned. And you can literally walk up to a road and cross over and you're in a neighboring nation. So we're, we're building border stations. We're building wells all along that border station because we believe when these children have a collision or ha- meet one of our agents, they're meeting Jesus at a well. And the agents aren't scared of the fact that they've been with people that, where they have experienced some of the most horrific things on the planet. Our agents are not afraid of that. Our agents like Jesus don't get up and run away. They sit and have a conversation and they talk about hope and they talk about freedom and they talk about the fact that you don't have to live the life that you're living right now because you're loved by God. And we gently and we quietly negotiate with them and help them find their hope and their freedom. And what I love about this initiative is all of our agents are females. And a lot of our agents that work on these border stations and these wells were trafficked themselves. And you know what I love about the story about the woman at the well is that she was trafficked, or she was exploited. She wasn't living the greatest life. But you know what? When she found Jesus, she went out and led people to him. You know, some theologians believe that the revival that started from the well, the woman at the well, went on until Jerusalem fell, 72 AD. A lot of theologians believe that that revival went on and on and on. And you know at Destiny Rescue, this is an example of the power of building wells because the kids, the women that have been rescued are now turning around and they're stopping countless hundreds of kids, hundreds of people and ensuring that these children, these young women, don't cross borders and get lost forever. And when I say lost forever, I mean lost forever. Good well, eh? Exciting one. Next slide, please. We also do survival rescues where we work with community members and we go with local advice and local leadings and we find kids and help them get out of slavery. But you know what? Our wells are not just about rescuing. Our mandate is to do this, rescue, restore. Next slide, please, Mark. Isn't Mark doing a great job? Let's thank Mark. Give Mark a big uh, shout out. We've always got to thank the tech man in the room, believe you me, because if he's not, if it doesn't work, it's really bad. <laughs> okay, so we are building other wells as well, not just rescuing, we have a journey after rescue. And what we do is we, we take children out of difficult situations. I want you to understand we don't just run in and, and grab kids and run. We have a very strategic process so that when children are rescued, they are able to be restored holistically, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You must understand that some of these children are the most traumatized children on the planet. So we have a very, very, very clear and a very secure directive with each child, because every child's journey into slavery is different. So every child's journey out must be handled individually as well. So when we rescue, we have a plan. And the journey after rescue is very much a part of that plan. It's another well we're building across the planet. Mark, next slide. We also, we rescue and we restore. So we restore by providing children with family reunification processes. That's always our goal, is to bring children back to their families 
and we do that with social workers and we do that with professionals that help us outwork that. We have transitional homes. Some children cannot and they will never return home. So we have transitional homes and we also have residential homes where children can live long term. These are wells that we are building across the earth. Wow, the power of building a well is unbelievable. Unbelievable. But we can't build wells across the planet without the partnership of local churches. Next slide, please. We are building safe communities. We are wanting to prevent trafficking. So we're working with communities to ensure that our leaders, our, our community leaders, our local elders are understanding how trafficking works. How do these traffickers work? How do they engage you? How do they engage their children? And set up strategies with villages so that they are secure from that evil of trafficking. You know something? I just believe, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is so proud of the work that we do. I really believe that. I sense God's pleasure in this. I sense God's smile. A lot of people come to me and they say, how do you do this? How do you work in this? I've worked full time for Destiny Rescue. How do you manage this? Yeah, it's tough and the information is difficult, but I can tell you I sense God's smile all the time, every day, that I'm helping build wells in places where darkness exists, where Jesus can sit on a well through the lives of other people and bring hope and healing to some of the most vulnerable children on the planet. I've got some good news for you, okay? Next slide. To date, Destiny Rescue, we have rescued 10,300 individuals since 2011. I don't know. Let's give God a huge clap for that one. 10,300 children. We have been building wells for 21 years to achieve that. We have been working hard to achieve that. 10,300 individuals have come and sat at wells like the woman at the well did across the world that people like you and me have helped create, that people like Destiny Rescue Team agents, our social workers, our doctors, our psychologists, our pediatricians, all the different people that are a part of our team have created for children to come to. In Luke 8 verse 16, it says these words. Jesus says these words, let the little children come to me. We have enabled 10,300 children who would never have heard of the gospel to come to Jesus and to hear of him through the love and the hope that Destiny Rescue provides them. Next slide, please. Last year, we had our biggest year, even during COVID, and our borders are only just starting to open in some of our project nations. We were able to rescue 2,386 humans, people. 70% of those were children. We do rescue adults who want to come with us, but 70% of our, our rescues last year were children, minors. Next slide, please. In 2021, we were able to outwork 92 raids and we made 147 arrests. We were able to arrest 147 people, humans, that were perpetrating the evil of child trafficking and exploitation. Next slide, please. 
because of these wells that I'm talking to you about. Not, not real wells, but spiritual wells. We have so many stories of hope. Many girls like Nui flourish in their newfound freedom and enjoy focusing on careers such as hospitality, nursing, or the health and beauty industry. And some children come, they're so young that they can't be trained to work, but they have family members that can. So we train their dads or we train their uncles or we train, train their, their brothers or their sisters so that there is a source of income for the family. Trafficking today is hindering a million children from finding the gospel. Trafficking today is hindering a million children from being able to experience what Jesus said. Suffer not the little children to come to me. Don't you forbid them. For such is the kingdom of heaven. Today I believe this is a very sacred moment because I don't believe there's anything more evil and anything more contrary to the gospel than anything that stops a human being from having freedom. It is the one thing that Christ always pursued. And he was so passionate about it that he was prepared to go to the cross. And I do believe that when he went to the cross, he wasn't just, he didn't just care about spiritual freedom, friends. He was intent about the physical and emotional and spiritual freedom of the world. So today it's a very, I believe it's a sacred moment. And I believe it's a moment that heaven celebrates. Because what I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you to consider this, and I'm going to ask you confidently, and I'm going to ask you this from the bottom of my heart. Would you consider partnering with Destiny Rescue to enable us to keep building wells across the planet? I ask you to partner with us because we want to create more stories of hope. This young girl here, it's not her, but her name has been changed as well, was rescued from a border station in Nepal. She had been trafficked through the online space. And when we picked her up, when the agents picked her up, she was on her way to a uh, brothel. And we were able to rescue her, get her educated, and bring her into a family that was able to care for her. One girl we didn't pick up on the border station in Nepal. And she ended up in a brothel in an undisclosed nation. And uh, in these brothels, friends, you can't get out. Now, I'm, when I say you can't get out, you can't get out. So you can see outside, but you can't leave the building. And that is where you will spend the rest of your life. Now, our agents were working and building a well in that brothel. Yes. We found her, this young woman. She was 15. We started to talk to her and we said, hey, we can get you out of here. She's like, no, I don't believe, very suspicious. And slowly but surely they were able to get her out. We orchestrated a situation where she was, she jumped out, she would, sorry, beg your pardon, she went to a medical center because she faked being sick. And these people are very valuable to their traffickers. She went to a medical center and we left clothes tucked behind a uh, bathroom and a toilet. She took those clothes and she changed. She jumped out a window 
and our agents were waiting for her. I love the wells we're digging. I love the fact that thousands of young women who have been exploited and broken are able to sit at the wells that we dig and build, talking with people that carry the heart of Jesus, that are not getting up and walking away from some of the darkest places on the planet, but they're sitting there and they're talking to some of the most broken people on the planet that are thirsty, that are literally hungry and that need the help that you and I can never understand or ever imagine to get on with their life and have a wonderful life. So today, would you consider partnering with us? Next slide. There are, there are a few ways that I'd love you to partner with us. Firstly, would you pray for us? I can't tell you enough how much we need prayer. Our agents risk everything, every day, to do what they do. And these guys are married. A lot of them, they all believe in Jesus. They're all Christians. Would you pray for them? Would you pray for us in Australia? Would you pray for Tony Kerwin? Would you pray for us? Would you financially partner with us? There's options up here. You can partner with us 50 a month, 100 a month, 150 a month. It can be five a month, $10 a month. It doesn't matter. Everything counts. Because you see, we can't do everything, but if we all do something, we can keep building wells across the world. Next slide, please. Some people may want to um, rescue a child. That's the cost of rescuing a child. It enables us to go covert and help us build wells to rescue children. Next slide, please. Thanks, Mark. Some of you may even want to fund a raid. It costs 10,000 Australian dollars to fund a raid and we rescue multiple children. Some of you may feel that you want to partner with us to make that happen. But you know what the reality is, friends, like Daniel said, and I believe this with all of my heart, we have been blessed to be a blessing. That is part of the Abrahamic covenant. That's what drives me in the mission space is God has blessed us. And we, if we just give our little, can make a difference. And we can help organizations like Destiny Rescue continue to do something extraordinary across the earth. Next slide, please, Mark, in closing. You see, friends, tonight, today, there's, you know what? The reality is, as you consider giving to the work of Destiny Rescue, consider praying for us, consider talking about us, consider engaging people even in a fundraising opportunity, like Tony and Dan are this afternoon. They're inviting the whole community of Yas to come and hear about the work of Destiny Rescue. You know what? You will never know that child's name. You will probably never meet that child. In fact, you won't. But I tell you what, these children cannot tell their story without you. So I would ask you prayerfully, if you would consider the sacred moment and you would consider partnering with us to fulfill the words that Jesus said, let the children go. Suffer them not to come to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. And you know, you and I together, like that beautiful song, Amazing Grace, just we sang, when we go home to be with Jesus, because we all will one day, I'm so excited because I know that I'm, Jesus is going to say, thank you, you built the well in Cambodia. You built a well in the Philippines. You built a well on the border of Nepal. You built a well in the Dominican Republic where children are unsold as brides. You built a well for me in Thailand, in Cambodia. You built a well for me in Uganda and other nations that are opening up for, up, up for us 
in Africa. And you know what? I want to be that good and faithful servant who's built wells and nations across the earth for him, for his glory and the extension of his kingdom. So I want to thank you, church, for listening to me this morning. I want to thank you for engaging into our cause. I know it's not an easy one. But I would ask you to prayerfully consider if you would like to be a part of what we're doing. And I'm going to stand at, this, um, at the table at the end, and I'm very happy to answer any questions. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm very happy to, to put you on an email list so you can hear more about the work we're doing. So thank you so much. Can I pray for you? Father, I just thank you for this amazing church. Thank you for the heart that they have for you, for their community, and for each other. <laughs> Father, I pray that you would continue to bless them. I pray you continue to encourage them. And I do pray for their search for a minister. God, I pray that you would, Lord, open doors for them. Lord, give them exceedingly abundantly above all they could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. Lord, I thank you for giving them wisdom in this season and rest in this season and peace in this season. We thank you for them. Keep them unified in thought and heart and deed. We do pray that many, many people will come to know you and love you in this community. And we ask these things again for your glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in his word, stay in his love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.